0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
1: Uh-oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike?
2: <laughs> Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there listeners and happy holidays and welcome to another episode of the Air Station One podcast. That's right, folks. We are here to talk about the best we've ever eaten for holidays. That's right. We are talking about holiday meals and things that just makes us go mmm and feel good with, you know, the snow falling outside and the tree all ready to go and wait a minute none of that ever happens at my house so it's okay so you don't have to worry about any of that ever happening i live in georgia it rarely snows here and you know we don't believe in trees you know that's okay we you know it's a whole different story there but we wanted to wish you a very happy holiday and we brought you guys some amazing food to talk about tonight and we got a great crew to talk all about it joining us of course as always is mr mike gordon Howdy! How are you, buddy boy? Oh, the station smells so good! I love when we cook in the station and everything.
1: so good! Like, it's the only time that the station smells good. Every time, every other time, every other day, it smells rancid in here. Oh, I know. You know, for the holidays, when we do these food episodes, that's the exception.
2: I don't think we were all that happy when uh, JD made that succotash that time. You know, it kind of was kind of rancid. But... Other times, perfect.
1: A lot of it's still it's still on the walls of deck four.
2: Yes, it is. It is. But you know, he's supposed to clean that someday. But we'll get there. We will get there. And we got a great other members of the crew to join us tonight. Joining us for you know we were talking about food. Anthony Williams is here. It's like we have to always have Anthony for this segment.
3: It's a pleasure to be back, Mike. Thank you for having me once again.
2: Oh, sir. I couldn't do a food segment or a drink segment without you involved in it somehow.
3: Yeah. I mean, the only way that doesn't happen is if I bail last minute, which I avoided doing tonight.
2: Well, we gave you enough warning this time that you were able to You do did. That. You did. That is awesome. And joining us for the first time for this segment, let's welcome Shannon Clute. Welcome, Shannon. Hello, hello. It is awesome to have you here. Um, you haven't been on for quite some time.
4: Yeah, it's been a hot minute.
2: Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about you?
4: Yeah. Um, so, I am from St. Pete, Florida, uh, Sunshine State. So, my white Christmases are the white sand out on the beaches. And um, born and raised in Florida, total nerd, just love food. So
5: mm-hmm.
2: We were lucky enough to meet you at Dragon Con the first time. Yep. And, you know, it was... True poetry in motion. She was at one of our panels and we just mm-hmm. started talking and friends grew up and everything. It was awesome. And uh, she's such a great person. You had a great podcast too for a bit. Are you still doing yeah. it at all? or
4: um, Not currently. My job that is currently paying the bills is taking up a little too much of my time. But um, hopefully I jump back in it just when time allows for it.
2: That is awesome. That mm-hmm. is awesome. It's great to see you again, though.
4: Yeah. It's great to see you
1: guys.
2: It is great to have everyone together. And we're going to be talking about a lot of food. And, you know, so we definitely hope you
1: brought your appetite.
2: Oh, yeah. And hopefully if you want any kind of food that you guys want to talk about, please write us feedback at our one dot com. We definitely would love to hear from you. And do you guys have any holiday traditions, you know, that you guys You know, have food-wise or drink or, you know, or just in general. We definitely would love to hear all about it. Of course, you know, we want to also give a huge holiday shout-out to our patrons. If we couldn't do ESO without you guys, and Earth Station One is a proud member, of course, of the ESO Network. And Mike and I actually have a big surprise for our patrons coming very, very soon to you guys. We are breaking off Rants and Raves from Earth Station 1 and making its own podcast exclusive to the ESO Network Patreon. So, and I can actually tell you our first episode, we are going to be talking all about the Beatles and Get Back. So, it should be a lot of fun to talk about the, doc, the, what, almost eight and a half hour documentary that we had all about the Beatles.
1: Yes. Our, our review will be somewhat shorter.
2: I hope so. I really hope so. I thought we were going to go scene by scene and describe each beetle and what they were doing in that scene. We could. <laughs> and how creepy Yoko still is to this day. You know, it's okay. Uh,
1: yeah, That's his own podcast.
2: That's yes, of course. Of course. But so, yeah. So, very happy to say Rants and Raves is now its own podcast. So, definitely. And it's going to be available to all levels of the ESO Patreon. So, please, why not sign up for that? It's only a dollar a month, folks, starting at doesn't get much cheaper than that well it does but you know for us a dollar a month is how you guys can get involved with the patreon and all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash eso network not that hard come on you could do it for the holidays and for all our patrons who have been supporting us over the last couple of years thank you and i hope each and every one of you have an amazing holiday All right, the other thing we got to do real quick is say howdy and happy holidays to our friends at Tifosi Optical. Tifosi Optical is the place where you can get really cool sunglasses for cheap, and you can get them custom-made for affordable prices. You can pick your own colors, your own lenses, everything you want you can do at Tifosi Optics. It's pretty darn cool. If you're not into sunglasses, though, and, you know, Shannon's in Florida. They need sunglasses year-round, so, you Mm know— It's pretty straightforward there. But for those who have, you know, some pretty cool stuff going on with the holidays, you know, you might want to start exercising and getting out more. You can get, you know, get you can get exercise glasses, you know, or safety goggles, as they call them. Tifosi Optical has all your needs. And even if you have a prescription, Tifosi Optical can take care of you because they take prescriptions and they can build it right into your glasses. Pretty darn awesome. And you know what? As a way of saying thank you for this year. We're giving you 10% off your order, not off just one pair of glasses, your whole order. That's tofosioptics.com. and you put in Earth Station One. doesn't get much easier than that, folks. Check out com and tell them Earth Station One sent you. All right, Mr. Mike, this is where we usually break off with an interview or we break off into a rant and rave. But no, we got food to talk about. Let's do
1: it. No, the uh, the uh, oven is cooking away and uh, yeah, we can smell it. So it's time to eat. Um, all right. So uh, we're going to break down into categories. Uh, real simple. Uh, we're going to start with an appetizer or snack. We're going to have a few drinks. Uh, then we'll have our main uh, holiday meal and then, of course, dessert at the end. So keep it really simple, although I'm really curious to see um, how complex some of the concoctions and meals are going to be. Um, I imagine they will be pretty varied, but yes, we're going to start off with a snack and, and you know what, I'm going to start it off because it's going to be really simple. Um, uh, you know, I was trying to think of some sort of exotic snack or something like that. And, and to be honest with you, uh, at this time of year, it's all about comfort food for me. And, uh, there's nothing more comfortable and more simple to me to just snack on during the holidays than, uh, some cheese and crackers, uh, more specifically, uh, Vermont white sharp cheddar. And with a nice uh whole grain cracker, um, you know you can go pretty fancy, although wheat thins to me are are perfect as well, so um yeah, just cheese and crackers for me. Uh, I keep it really simple um to snack on during the holidays and and sort of Michelle and I just do that. We always always have it around uh for the for the days of Christmas and new year uh, Christmas Eve and even new year up to new year's if it lasts that long. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what about you? Um, uh, we'll go with you, Anthony.
3: So I'm going to take that, but take it a step further. Of I, course you would. Yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> I guess it's something you could have all year round, but sure. I, I was at a friend's holiday party at the weekend, and they had an amazing charcuterie board. So there was some cheese, some oh. bread, uh, some f- you know fruits like grapes and dried apricots and so on. And then, of course, the all-important meats, a little bit of... Serrano ham, prosciutto, salami, and uh, it goes down well at a party. You can make a smaller version if it's just for two of you at home. Uh, It really is very versatile and, you know, it feels like a bit of a decadent treat. It's not, you know, necessarily restricted to the holidays, but it works really well as a holiday appetizer and just general snacking board.
1: Yeah, yeah. I do have to be careful, though, because, you know, you get too many of them and pretty soon you'll, you'll spoil your appetite, if you will
3: yes Uh, (laughs) it's perfect
4: for grazing though
1: Mm -hmm. yes Um, oh very much like
4: so like for my friends and even my family we'll do the charcuterie board but like we'll do like a full like countertop full of stuff so you have like the cheeses and the fruits and the meats and then like all sorts of different types of crackers and honey and jam And, um, different types of dips, chocolate chip chunks and the whole variety. I think the last time I did one, I ended up having, I think, seven different types of cheeses, six different types of meat. Like it's a whole like thing and it's a lot of fun.
3: I like your
1: style.
4: (laughs) Go big or go home. Like,
3: yeah,
1: I'm with you.
4: Go all in.
1: It's uh, it's really nice, too, if you want to just sample something. Like, you know, if you've never mm-hmm. had that particular cheese before or, you know, that kind of thing, um, it's really good to just sort of as a sampler plate, I think. Yeah. Especially if you're over – if someone else is pay- <laughs> paying for it.
4: <laughs> well, and especially if, like, you try it with something that you n- normally wouldn't try it with. So, like, different types right. of meat go better with different types of cheeses. Mm-hmm. And depending on what you're drinking, too, so, like – couple of my friends and i we usually all bring different bottles of wine you know with this one bottle of wine you want to have this cheese and that meat versus a different bottle of wine you want to have that meat and that cheese with that cracker and it's kind of fun to like sit there and like play around with it all and see what works and what doesn't work
3: see as soon as you brought the wine into it i'm now just thinking yes she is one of my people. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, I drink a lot of wine. so.
3: Oh, I should have warned Seminary. you guys about that. You know,
2: Shannon is a real whiny person.
4: <laughs> I actually, wow. okay. the last time I was on here, I was drinking a, a wine from India.
3: Oh, nice. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Last time I was on, I had a glass of wine and mixed up two names, and Mike accused me of being drunk. So um, this time around, I have no wine, so this I can't be accused of that. Otherwise I, only, I would have one.
1: If I could only narrow down which time. Yeah. I was say which episode <laughs> which time Actually, I
3: think that was technically on ESW rather than ESO, but yes. Sure.
1: Sure. But who, you know, who can remember? Um, uh, Shannon, so is that your pick as well for snack yeah. uh, appetizers? Okay. Yeah, uh, Mike. Can't go wrong with it. Right. Absolutely. No, uh, that's why I started up Mike.
2: Yeah. Um, Judy makes this really amazing appetizer that she's done in the past. It is like a croissant, but she makes it into a circle to almost look like a reef, but and it's filled with goat cheese and different kinds of meats and it's you know, and vegetables like you know, cut up peppers and it's just amazing what so she So
4: it's made. a wrapped up charcuterie boy. Yeah,
2: exactly, pretty much. But it's awesome. And, it, and she serves it, you serve it hot. So, and it's, okay. it, it comes, when it comes out, it just smells awesome. And it serves, you know, when you cut it up, it could serve over a dozen people. It's so big and everything.
1: Or just me.
3: You know, that sounds. <laughs> that's why we invite you over, Mike, because we know you'll eat. So it's good.
1: Eat, that boy,
2: eat.
3: Like, that sounds like something they'd be asked to make on the Great British Bake Off.
2: Yeah, kind of, sort of.
3: That's where she got the idea for it originally. Ah. Yes. Okay.
2: So, And so, yeah, it's pretty darn awesome, you know, when she makes it. And she did it as, you know, and each time she's made it, she's made it a little different. One time she put broccoli in it, sometimes spinach, you know, mushrooms and, you know, and, you know you know so it's pretty cool what you know you could do with it so it's open to whatever you want to do with it and it's it's just awesome and you know the the cheat different kinds of cheeses in it you know with the goat cheese inside but sometimes she puts like mozzarella on top or you know stuff like that and it
3: just starts browning it's just like ah the leash
4: that sounds good
3: yeah i do have an honorable mention if i may So not so much a snack, but very much an appetizer. And I think through this episode, I'm going to draw a lot on my own kind of childhood and the various things we ate, particularly on on Christmas Day and Boxing Day in in the Williams household. And Boxing Day as an appetizer, my parents always like to do basically a, a, a little bit of a fish platter. So get a little bit of smoked salmon on there, a little bit of smoked trout, a couple of shrimp. Um, and it's just a really nice kind of light appetizer before you move into the heavier kind of meat and vegetable and potato and starch and fat and all of this glorious stuff as the main course works really really well. You can, really, you really can well. never have just a couple shrimp though. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> if that's all that's on your plate, I mean they are you know king prawns. They're not the the little bitty shrimp. But if that's all that's on your plate, this isn't a buffet. That's all you're getting. <laughs> At least that's what they told me when I was a kid.
2: <laughs> I do have an honorable mention also. Uh growing yep. up my mom always used to make uh before the holidays and such. She used to make deviled eggs for us. And mm. always loved her deviled eggs and you know cuz you could you know she used to put like bacon bits on like you know ch- real chopped up bacon and stuff on the top and it was just always delicious and Forgetting deviled eggs always reminds me of the holidays for some reason. Even though I know people have deviled eggs all through the year and, you know, at picnics and such. Just for some reason, deviled eggs always remind me of the holidays because, you know, with growing up that way.
3: Do I have a question on that? Sure. I mean, I, I agree. They do seem a little associated with the holidays to me. And maybe it's a southern thing and not originally being from the southern U.S., But having since moved here, I enjoy deviled eggs, but it seems like a lot of people really love them, and I don't quite understand why. I think they're good, but I just don't see it, and I keep hoping someone will explain to me why so many people adore them. Is it just an association, a comfort thing, or is my taste just off, which is equally possible?
2: No, well, it I it depends you. what you know where you grow up because I know people who hate deviled eggs. You know, literally. Okay. Yeah, so it's I just. Am, I market. don't like them. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> I'm I one of those people. Um, although I will say, I do associate them with uh, not just holidays, but like gatherings, like. Uh, up mm-hmm. north, they used to always have them with, when we went to like outdoor cookouts or picnics or whatever. Somebody would always bring a big tray full of deviled eggs. Um, so the it deviled like eggs
4: something... come with the egg salad.
1: Yes, yes, like, exactly. You, whoever um, usually
4: brings the egg salad brings the deviled eggs too. There's like you a little the like container that comes with the salad a and chicken. the tray for the deviled eggs on top. Like it's a package deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm not a big fan of either one of those. So I, I like normal eggs, but uh, not not the deviled kind. You said I, I, I like deviled eggs. I don't like egg salad. I do like do like deviled <gasps> eggs. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. I, I think we might have covered that during the summer. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, I uh, think we did. We
2: I think it, so, yeah.
1: so. Maybe, maybe at some point we'll we'll do our worst. Uh, that be cool. like to touch
2: oh, let's get
3: started with that. I have Mike. things for that when we do that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm sure we have.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, uh, all right. Anybody, anybody else with a starter or a snack before we get into... Well, look, we had some heavy foods. Mike, did you have something?
2: I have one other. Uh, stuffed mushrooms.
1: Ooh. Oh.
2: Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, stuffed mushrooms. And sometimes, you know, that's another one where you could make it your own. A lot of people just use the breadcrumbs and the cheese and such to stuff the mushrooms, but I've had it with like baby shrimp and, you know, or you've had, I've had it even with barbecue beef or pork in there. And it's just some great stuff you could do with that. Couldn't tell we're a family, you know, at all.
1: (laughs) Well, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm just getting stuffed. just thinking about all this food. So we're definitely going to have to take a break before we get to our main course and, and drink a little bit, uh, get get lubricated, uh, so to speak. Um, wow. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, Shannon, you mentioned wine. Is is that <laughs> on your list or, or have you got something else that's alcoholic that uh, we can all partake in?
4: I actually got two things. Um, so mold wine is something that my family does. We do it in the crock pot. Big bottle of the wine. And then we actually use an apple cider chai tea to add the spices along with some fruit. So it's pretty tasty. And then um, actually what I'm currently drinking through this um, uses the same tea for like a simple syrup. But then you add whiskey to it. And we call it an apple cider smash. And that's pretty tasty.
1: That does sound tasty. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, Absolutely. We're going to get smashed before we we, uh, go (laughs) even further. Uh, Makes uh, the food go down
2: better, you know.
1: Sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. For
2: me, it's eggnog, you know. And, you know, I've always loved eggnog. I remember when I was a kid, you know, because they used to serve eggnog in the cartons and stuff at the grocery store. And... You know, then when I went to one of my parents' parties that they had, and they had the adult eggnog, and I thought it was the stuff from the uh, from the carton. No, 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 no. <laughs> I found out very quickly the joy of a bourbon, and you know, it was interesting. But I've acquired a taste for it, so eggnog is always good there. But I'm going to do another plug for one of my favorite drinks, apple pie. You cannot go wrong with apple pie. It, you heat it, and you know, because you could have it on rocks or you could ha- heat it. And there's something about having apple pie that just warms you and kills anything else in your stomach anyway. So it's just, you know, <laughs> it, it's just wonderful. And, you know, apple pie is perfect for the holidays. And one year I gave it um, as gifts for friends. You know, and it was I gave uh, like twelve bottles of it as a holiday as holiday gifts. I think Mike Gordon received one that year too.
1: Probably. Uh, I I noticed the other day when I looked at my fridge, I'm like, holy crap! I still have like I think like six jars of apple pie. Um, So I want to keep you well
2: stocked, my friend.
1: I'm going to very have a a very happy holiday. Yes, Um,
2: it it never goes bad too. That's the great thing about it.
3: It's wonderful until Mike leaves the bottle right next to you and you don't realize how boozy it is. And then suddenly you just think,
1: oh, I can't get up. I can't get up, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is something, you know, obviously with the fall, apple picking season leads to mm-hmm. Christmas with cider. Um, and I'm going to also uh, talk about a little bit about hard cider. Hot cider um, that is is awesome to have uh, during the holidays, and I recently saw um, a uh, a friend of mine went to a uh, I guess we can call it it was I don't know if it was really a tiki bar but it was you know a, a bar with a lot of cocktails hand mixed. And they ran across something called Odin and the Mule, which I'm very curious to try. It is the whipped apple cider with red hazel whiskey, cinnamon, ma- cinnamon maple syrup with nutmeg aromas. And I'm like, yes, please. That sounds delicious. Can you, can wow. You send that to me. <laughs> like, that would be awesome. Uh, so, uh, so, where now can I, I find somebody. this
2: wonderful drink, Mr. Mike? <laughs> yeah,
1: that's yeah. what I'm trying to find now. <laughs> I'm
4: like, well, what was yeah. the ingredients again? I'll make that at
1: home. It is whipped apple cider with red hazel whiskey, cinnamon maple syrup with nutmeg aromas, And, uh, yeah, it is uh, a place called the Blind Elf and um, hand-mixed cocktails. And uh, I am uh, trying to find out a lot more about it to where I can get my hands on some of that because that Uh, sounds amazing. Um, The other – oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, she was just complimenting. I
1: was going to uh, yeah. yeah. say,
3: sorry, Mike, the, the Blind Elf, for anyone listening who is Atlanta-based, is the holiday pop-up at the Blind yep. Pig in Buckhead. And if you haven't been to the Blind Pig, it's a wonderful little speakeasy at the back of a Mexican restaurant. It used to be a barbecue restaurant. Um, great, great ambiance. They uh, Later in the evening, they'll often have a jazz band playing. Uh, good whiskey selection. Great any time of the year, but little bit special for holidays like a lot of atlanta bars are doing these days with pop-ups
1: yeah i'll have to seek that out then i don't know if it's yeah it seems like it might be kind of one of those things where you're be lucky to grab a hold of it mm-hmm. um but uh they have a, a a whole holiday menu uh of drinks so that's not the only thing they've got uh, a bunch of other ones that sound as good as well uh but that one really Um, uh, got to me. And, and of course, you know, I, I, I'm not a huge, uh, drinker, but, um, as far, I, I would not be, um, you know, I wouldn't stay true to my, uh, tiki, uh, community if I didn't mention, uh, rum, particularly hot rum, uh, to have this time of year. Um, and in doing so, I also found a, um, a really cool recipe that, a drink that I saw that's available at Walt Disney World this time of year. Called the Maple Hazelnut Hot Buttered Rum. It is rum with maple syrup, uh, with flavors of hazelnut, cinnamon, nutmeg, and clove, topped with house-made salted caramel whipped cream. Whew. I mean, that's more of a dessert, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think I don't think you're going to have that to start a meal. But damn, is it, uh, is does that mean you know? Uh, and you know, even though it's not really the outside, I mean, inside the parks. Uh, you'll be hard pressed to finding the alcoholic beverages, but around the parks and uh, certainly in a lot of the restaurants uh, that just just because they don't have them that much in the parks, doesn't mean that Disney doesn't know how to make really, really good mixed drinks.
4: <laughs> hey, like if you've, you've ever else. done Epcot around the world,
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: i just think i think i made it like three-fourths of the way around the world um but uh yeah that's that's not easy to do <laughs> to go all the way around the world. uh even though every country is not represented it still whew, damn um anthony have we hit you on uh, on your drinks your alcoholic we, drink maybe What's we
3: like? have not so i guess i have three things here the first is is just to go back wine in general Again, William's family Christmas, lunch, Christmas dinner. That is when the good wine comes out and my parents getting fancy with start out with some kind of sparkling wine and then a nice, really nice white with uh, the appetizer, something like a Chablis. And then for the main course, moving on to a heavy, bold French red, um, normally something out of the south of france like chateau neuf de pape or Gigondas. oh
4: chateau neuf de pape is so good i
3: know and I'm, I'm gonna go on a little soapbox here <laughs> we tend to drink it too early a good chateau neuf de pape should be at least eight years old before it's drunk uh and i see them in in stores at like two three years old and like guys i hope if you're buying that i hope you're laying it down for a few years so anyway off my soapbox Um, Uh, sure i am also going to back up shannon's uh shout out for mulled wine and it's a very very british thing but at this time of the year you go into any pub in the uk and they are going to have mulled wine on their menu and they will as shannon was saying effectively have a little crock pot sitting behind the bar you ask for mulled wine you'll see them Spoon it out, and it's all normally made in house, and you you just can't beat it, particularly with the British winter weather, which I don't imagine that you guys have in Florida very often.
4: No, but, not at all.
3: <laughs> you know, he- heading out of uh, the the high twenties, low thirties um, from outside into a into a pub, and just getting a gl- uh, a mug of hot mulled wine is mwah, chef's kiss. Mm-hmm. and then yeah, actually, la- oh go ahead Shannon sorry
4: the um, wine bar that I normally go to in St. Pete they currently have mold wine on the back counter so you can go in and get a, a hot cup so it's kind of fun and right now it is a um, brisk 71 degrees in St. Pete Florida
2: oh you might need to get a sweater or something you know
4: um, I am wearing long sleeves for a reason it's freezing for me guys <laughs>
2: Wow. Uh,
3: that's T-shirt weather for me.
2: Yeah, I know. Shorts until it goes down to 60. Exactly. Cool.
3: Yep. All right. And um, my final shout out for an alcoholic holiday drink would be cojito, which is effectively the Puerto Rican answer to eggnog. And it's made with coconut milk uh, as well as condensed milk and evaporated milk, Um a ton of sugar and normally rum. And I think there are a couple of egg yolks in there as well. And it is phenomenal. It's got that sweetness, but it's got that creamy dariness. The coconut gives it a different dimension. And then of course the rum gives it a little bit of, a little bit of spice. If you make it with spiced rum or just a little bit of heat, if you're making it with a, a regular white or dark rum, and it's phenomenal. I Fell in love with eggnog when I first moved to the south, and then someone gave me cajito, and I was like, "Ooh, I think this just got this just this got real." Um, so, massive shout out for that. I concur. Just I,
4: took
1: it to another level, huh?
3: Yep,
4: mm-hmm.
2: he sure did.
1: That's awesome. pretty awesome. Any other any other drinks at the bar before we are seated? Wow. No, I think we can't stand. <laughs> We've all drank so much that we can't stand to go to, the, to our table. Um, that's that's so much the better. So Okay, so that means we need to take a break. So we're going to take a real quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to have a non-alcoholic drink, try to sober up a little bit, and then we'll be ready for our main course.
5: Well, show me the way to the next whiskey bar oh.
6: This is Ashley Pauls with this week's box office buzz. It is finally Spider Man week, bringing to an end months of speculation about just how many Spider Men they can pack into this movie. I'm really curious to see how this film is handled. I'm both excited and a little bit nervous about the multiverse aspects of this movie. I mean, of course, I'm excited to see classic. Villains like Doc Ock from the other Spider-Man movies that feature different actors playing the character of Peter Parker. And also maybe seeing some different versions of Peter Parker on screen as well. They've been cagey about whether Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to appear as different versions of Spider-Man. But I think we all kind of know that, yeah, they're going to be in this movie. I think it could either be a really cool way to celebrate all the different... People that have played Spider-Man and the role that those early Spider-Man movies, even though they're not part of the MCU officially, how they helped the general superhero movie trend. But it could also get a little bit messy and you could have all this big mind-bending alternate universe stuff and different actors playing spider-man that could detract from the mcu spider-man and the story they're trying to tell here and also you have dr strange who looks like he's going to be playing a pretty major role in this movie so it could be too much of a good thing but there's no way to know until we see the movie and i'm looking forward to it it's always great to see an mcu movie on the big screen and i've really enjoyed what they've done with Phase 4 so far, even if they're not all hits like Shang-Chi, which is seriously one of my favorite Marvel movies, and The Eternals didn't love quite as much, but I love that they're trying to do big, ambitious things with this franchise, and Hawkeye has been great over on Disney+, Plus, so really a great time to be an MCU fan. That's it for this week. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog over on the ESO Podcast website.
5: I'm Drew Leiter. And I'm Cletus Jacobs. Join us weekly as we journey into DC's infinite frontier.
7: We discuss DC news, comics, television shows, movies, and more.
5: Earth Station DCU is part of the ESO Network. Check us out where fine podcasts are found.
0: Yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy and I feel like I'm loving you. Love you such a sweet thing, good enough to eat thing and it's just a what I'm going to
1: do. All right, we're back. And, uh, yes, it's a little bit more sober, uh, maybe. Uh, no. You know, you guys can be the judge. We'll see. Um, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't come to seeing a judge. But... Um, Anyway, uh let's go to our favorite holiday drinks that are non-alcoholic. I know, <laughs> but uh um where's the fun in that? Um we'll start with you, Mike.
2: Well, for me, holidays always, you know, is peppermint. It's, you know, I'm a huge huge peppermint fan and I love like if I go to Starbucks or any kind of coffee shop, get like either a peppermint mocha or a peppermint uh, latte. It's just, you know, I just love the taste of it. I love the flavoring of it. And there's a couple, you know, peppermint other drinks that I like, especially even though we don't like supporting Chick-fil-A because for political reasons, um, damn it, they have one of the best peppermint milkshakes ever. And, you know, which kind of sucks, you know. So... If I give them, what, three bucks a year, you know, I don't think that really goes towards anything that horrible. I know it's people who will disagree with me and, you know, we stand by that too. But damn it, they're peppermint milkshakes. Ah, It really sucks. (laughs) But yeah, so those are my two weaknesses for regular drinks.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The
3: peppermint definitely is uh, one of the flavors of the holiday
1: Mm -hmm. season. Uh, Anthony, what about you?
3: So I'm with Mike on this. I did actually want to say, uh, just very tongue in cheek, wine, obviously. But <laughs> you know, um, aside from playing to typing a way to incorporate alcohol into the non-alcohol uh, category, I, I'm agreeing with Mike. It's peppermint-flavored things. I'm a big fan of Caribou Coffee. Do a ho ho mint mocha. That they, if you if you get it with all of the all of the accoutrements and flashy stuff they they'll put whipped cream and then like crumbled up candy canes on top oh, and that's just God. it's beautiful but the only, um,
2: the sad thing is the only caribou coffee i know anymore is either in buckhead or down at peachtree center
3: there are there are two in peachtree center because there's one in, in the SunTrust now truest gardens the, huh. the so-called secret food court at dragon con right <laughs> and um there's also one in Midtown. Oh, at 10th and Piedmont.
2: That shows how much I go into town. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs>
3: um, but and I think there's one at the airport as well. Okay. Um, I forget which terminal or which concourse, but yeah, there's there's one at Hartsfield. Um, but their their ho ho mint mocha is just superb. Um, um, so that's my call out for this one.
2: I might have to run down there.
3: Got. Gotcha. I'll
2: well, see you guys later. Though,
3: Bye.
1: Even though my <laughs> selection is uh, is not really something that I think would it, uh, I would start a meal with or have in between courses or anything like that. Um, it's when I think of holiday beverages, it's it's the top, and it's uh, some hot cocoa, um, particularly with. Uh, I mean, I I you know I, I need to have marshmallows on mine. <laughs> That's uh, so. Um, you know, uh, and it, there's various forms. I think the best I'd ever had was, uh, a few years ago, this colleague that I worked with, uh, gave me a Christmas present. And it was a jar of, of, of hot cocoa mix that she put together. To be honest with you, she, I couldn't tell, I, she couldn't, she wouldn't tell me what it was, but it was just damn good. So, um, uh, I'd like to think a lot of it was homemade, but, um, you know, I mean, it just, there's nothing about uh, there's, there's something about uh, hot cocoa especially when you add the marshmallows it's just it just feels like love in a mug to me. Um, oh, so You made
2: uh, a rhyme so, there. That's cute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh so that's what I my you know even though like I said during a meal yeah not something when you you want to have and start with but certainly it's the it's one thing now especially non-alcoholic that you can you know get that that when growing up up north You just, you know, if you wanted to get that cold out of that chill out of you, uh, that was the that was the solution. Um, Shannon, what about you?
4: So I made this actually this morning at work and it is stupid good. So I'm planning on making it for my, um, my family for Christmas. But it is a milk tea that you use to make a hot chocolate. So we have this peppermint tea at my work and I brewed it with mostly cream and whole milk. So it was super thick and creamy with a little bit of German rock sugar. And then I used that with cacao powder, mini marshmallows, and then whipped cream on top with chocolate drizzle because you have to go all out.
1: Yes. Yes. Wow. So you get a little bit of the peppermint and the marshmallows and the chocolate. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That is yeah. that is holiday in a cup right there.
4: Yep. It was nice. stupid good.
1: That sounds <laughs> delicious. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. We're going to have to, you know, people, we're going to have to get a link to, to so that everybody can get recipes. Uh, everybody listening can get recipes from, from all of us as to what some of this stuff is. But uh, that sounds amazing. Um, Any other sort of drinks that are non-alcoholic that remind you of this season that uh, you guys have thought about at all? Nah, we're mostly a drinking people. (laughs) We're we're mostly alcoholic here. So we we could go on and we could have a whole show about that.
2: A hot (laughs) cider would be good too. Yeah. By by a fire, you know, sitting by a fire and drinking hot cider is always nice.
4: I'm even down for a nice hot cup of chai tea. Yeah. There's just nothing better than that sometimes. Especially when we put, you know, some foam on top with a little bit of cinnamon. Perfect. I mean,
3: that always, to me, tastes like a hug in in a mug. Yeah. (laughs) It works any time of year, but it feels just that little bit more special during the
1: holidays.
4: Or if you're in Florida, do chai with lemonade because it's still nice and warm and sunny out.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, there, there comes a point, uh, where, uh, so I usually have iced unsweet tea most of the year, but I think there's a month here in Georgia where I actually drink hot tea, uh, mm-hmm. preferred because it's, uh, it takes the chill out a little bit. So I don't, we've kind of been on that line here in Georgia where like sometimes it's been a little chilly. Other times most of the time not. But uh, certainly, um, anything certainly with uh, adding a little bit of cinnamon to it as well, I think helps. Uh, obviously, certain brands, uh, certain kinds of tea don't allow for that. But um, yeah. but if you want to, like you know, another thing that sort of makes it holiday-ish to me is to put in some cinnamon. Or cinnamon and Mike, st- that
3: that one month of the year is when I'm proudest of you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's the only time of the year he is, but
3: the rest of the time, forget it. <laughs> you know what? I'll I said it. proudest, not yeah. not just proud, proudest. <laughs>
1: I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, all right. So those are our non non-alcoholic drinks. So now we are ready for our holiday meal. Uh, this is going we're gonna go all out on this one, and we're gonna start with Anthony as far as what what's the the big meal that you like that, that reminds you or speaks to you of the holidays this time of year.
3: So uh, I guess growing up, obviously gr- growing up in Britain, we didn't ha- have Thanksgiving. So Christmas was always the big thing. And traditionally in my household, we alternated each year. So one year we would do turkey, the next year we'd do goose. And we'd just keep going back and forwards. Um, I really enjoy goose, but it's a pain in the ass to cook, which um basically i'm an only child of two only children so i have no aunts no uncles no cousins nothing so that meant my parents were doing all of the cooking on their own and because goose is a pain in the ass to cook generally meant christmas was slightly less happy than the years we had turkey so with that in mind i'm going with the turkey um pair that with cranberry sauce we did two types of stuffing we did a sage and onion stuffing and a sausage meat and chestnut stuffing um Additionally, gravy, roast potatoes, that's the parboiled and then basically cooked in the oven in some olive oil, um, some mashed parsnips. My dad always liked boiled Brussels sprouts. And if you've ever had boiled Brussels sp- sprouts, you would know that's a no go. So I would replace that with something a bit fancier, maybe some sauteed Brussels sprouts and like with some bacon and some garlic and some, you know, a, f- a few herbs and spices just to actually bring out some of the good flavor in that um mashed parsnip um some boiled peas on the side and it's just it's very hearty very full all washed down with some as i already mentioned some really good wine that will leave me asleep on the couch at 4 p.m waiting for dr who to come on um and that is (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, hopefully it could put me week. in a food coma for a week until Doctor <laughs> Who comes on. We'll see. Here you go. Just there keep you going. Go. Um, um, but you know, w- w- when I left England uh, 11 years ago, Doctor Who was still on Christmas Day every day. The other thing I will say is, since moving to the states, I have fallen in love with Thanksgiving. It has become my favorite thing. I I think everyone kind of knows the Thanksgiving classics, but what I will say is not on day off but the days after I love Thanksgiving leftovers I will make them into tacos I will make them into sandwiches I saw a recipe in Food Network magazine Um, I think it was Artie Sequero who had a recipe to make them into samosas and I think I'll give that a try next year you put Thanksgiving leftovers in something where you wouldn't normally think of them being in and I'm just like you son of a bitch I'm in
1: (laughs) One of my, uh, one of my all time favorite stories of all time and especially relevant this time of year is Dickens Christmas Carol. And, Mm uh, you know, there's the talk about the Christmas goose over and over and over in that story. And I've seen many, many, many versions of it. And I've never had a, a goose for Christmas, but on the ones on part of me is like, yeah, I'd like to experience that since I'm such a big fan of the story. But the other part of me is the visuals of them carrying around this Christmas goose all over the place. And, and, and of course, you know, it's a Dickens stale, So it, everything is dirty and nasty. And, it, you know, have to, you, I mean, you're just, they just get the bird. So they have to, def, de, uh, you know, feather it and, and everything. And it just, that does look like a lot of work.
3: Well, what, what I can tell you, Mike, is <laughs> these days you can pick one up at Whole Foods. You have to pre-order, but they do sell them. They do have the feathers removed. Um, so if you ever wanted to do it. They even cook uh,
2: it for you, Mike.
3: <laughs> but but what I will say is the reason I say it's such a pain in the ass is it's a very, very fatty bird. So you have to periodically take it out of the oven and drain the fat from the tray. Otherwise, it will basically overflow.
1: Oh,
3: um, and, of course, you're you know, pulling this hot tray with this extremely hot bird and pouring hot fat out so you've got to be extremely careful it takes two people to coordinate it which is where the bickering normally starts because someone doesn't move in the exact way that the other person is expecting to them them to, someone and it's like slowed, oh for god's sake slowed. you know just move over to the sink faster you know that kind of thing yes, so I,
1: I can understand that yeah <laughs> wow that doesn't sound like a treat um but, uh, <laughs> tastes great though yeah. Dickens, Dickens didn't talk about any of that stuff. <laughs> 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 he left all of that out. But, uh, but no, it does really uh, make me think of that. So, um, All right, Mike, what have you got for a main course?
2: For my main course, I would probably have to say something like maybe some roasted green beans with shrimp. And some General so's chicken and Mugugoi gai pan and maybe even a little bit of, you know, some – I would probably maybe even have to say some chicken with cashew nuts or maybe even some tofu with vegetables. You know, it's a perfect dinner for – the holidays for me, especially on Christmas, because, you know, on Christmas day, it's a tradition in my family to go out for Chinese food. And <laughs> it's, you know, one of the best ways to celebrate the holiday for me. And it's, it's just a blast. Cause you get, you know, a bunch of people to go and you just go out for, you know, and you share egg rolls and soup and, you know, all the different dishes. And, you know, we, Usually, get a dozen of us together for you know before COVID, of course, and it was always a blast to do it. You know, depending where I lived, you know, the better the Chinese food, the more people you got, and it was always just a great time.
1: Well, I've uh, not during Christmas, but I've gone out with you uh, for Chinese food at a few places, and yes, you you do have an act to pick the best ones. Um, I will get into that, and and you know we were talking uh, last week off the air um, because you know uh, forgive my ignorance, but I, I didn't know that there wasn't any sort of like you know big meal, uh, Jewish meal for for you know Hanukkah or anything like that. No. Not like Passover, right? So it's not like there's any big tradition of, of food that in that sort, right?
2: No, usually the two big holidays for food for Jewish people is either Passover, like, and also Rosh Hashanah. And those are the two big ones. And that's when you usually have people, family over. And like at Passover, there's a a service you have to do with it. And it basically tells the story of the exodus of, you know, the Jews from Egypt. And, you know, you've seen it all the time in the Charlton Heston movie, The Ten Commandments. (laughs) And, you know, it's pretty much that story. And for those holidays, you know, Judy cooks up a huge, huge meal. And, you know, we've had up to 27 people for dinner and it's just the food is amazing. Judy makes the most amazing brisket and she also makes chicken. She also does quinoa for the vegetarians and the family. And it's just, you know, it's a great way for friends and family to get together and another great holiday thing. And, but for the winter holiday for
1: Hanukkah, (laughs) you guys just order out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Pretty much, we said we cook the rest of the year. We don't need to do that. And it's, but
1: it's, it's like the end of the Christmas story.
2: The big, you know, the big meal. You know, anything with Hanukkah is usually like potato lockies, which is b- basically potato pancakes. And Those are know, so good, though. Oh, they are. They are amazing if done right. And, and, and you know, because you've had some where they're like harder than you know this cell phone here. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and usually tastes just as well, so it's you know it's interesting to do, but yeah, um, it depends because you know the big thing because they do jelly donuts, they people do you know different celebrations for that, but for meals, no, there's no big meal for Hanukkah and anything, and that's why the, jo- the running joke is always that we go after Chinese food on Christmas, and we do, so it's and not Mike, even
3: really a joke, Mike. You- you'll appreciate this. My friend gets very frustrated because people see Hanukkah um, and make a big thing about it, particularly Gentiles, and his reaction is, well, it's not even one of the major holidays. I don't understand why. And I think it's particularly visible, mostly because it's at the same time as holidays that the majority of the rest of the country celebrates. So people conflate it in their heads with Christmas just based on the timing. Oh, yeah. So it yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear what you just said about it not being a big food holiday. When you think about everything else that's going on at the same time with Thanksgiving and Christmas and then Orthodox Christmas and so on oh, yeah. and so forth. Well, because it's interesting, that, like you're saying, in terms of Jewish holidays,
2: go, Hanukkah is very, very minor. It's in you know the, the scheme of things, and you know it's you know it's popular because you know a lot of times they want, especially over the last thirty years, Hanukkah has become bigger to try to keep up with the commercialism of Christmas, and you know that's why now when you go to the stores and stuff, you know you'll see a Hanukkah stand and electric menorahs and you know all these different things. When I was a little kid, you didn't see anything like that. And, you know, it wasn't like that. And people would say, oh, you get eight days of presents. No, we don't get eight days of presents. Or if we do, we, if we do one of those days we get pencils with erasers on them, you know. Or the next day we get, a, we get a pair of socks. Ooh, you know.
4: A friend of mine said that Hanukkah was just a stocking like a yeah. Christmas stocking, yeah. but you just, you spread it over eight days instead of like Christmas, like Christmas presents under the tree.
2: Exactly. You know,
4: the right days. It's more of just the stocking. Whereas
2: my grandmother would say, Oh, these Goyam with all their flashy lights and everything. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. Well, that's good information to know. That's why I wanted to mention it uh, because I found it interesting when we were talking off air last week. So, so, uh, all right, Shannon, let's get back to our main course. Uh, What, what, what have you got on the, on the table?
4: So with my family, we don't stop eating from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed on Christmas (laughs) day. Um, We wake up, whoever's the first one up makes orange um, cinnamon rolls. You can get them at the grocery store, but we make those with bacon. So we usually eat those while we're we're doing the presents deal. Then there comes out the the charcuterie stuff and then we have usually ham and turkey with gravy. There's rolls, there's stuffing, there's mashed potatoes and we usually leave the skins on. Um, then there's roasted asparagus, so it's um There's olive oil drizzled on it with some garlic and herb seasoning. And then sometimes we add a balsamic glaze to it. Um, Then like a kid-friendly vegetable because some of us are picky eaters and I have a three-year-old niece. So um, there's something like that. There's cranberry salad that my mom makes from scratch that was my dad's mom's recipe. Um, Sometimes we have baked apples. Sometimes we have... Um, Like a root medley, which is um, butternut squash with sweet potatoes, beets, and sometimes acorn squash, all cut up into like little chunks. And you roast them with a little bit of olive oil and Greek seasoning. And then you drizzle some balsamic glaze on that. Oh, so good. But we're all about the eating. And then as soon as you're done with that, you have dessert, which is, I'll get to that later. And then there's leftovers. While you're playing games, so it's a whole day of nothing but eating.
1: So, so we all want to now go to your house for Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on down. Come on down. Can I get the
2: reservations, please? Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, it sounds wonderful. Uh, it sounds yeah. amazing. Um, my, uh, I sort of have a, uh, everything's flipped over here um, for the last I don't know ten years or so. Uh, I have not been uh, home for Christmas. I can't even remember the last time I spent um, Christmas with uh, the, the family. But we never used to really, like, I mean, we'd make stuff, but it wasn't really ever anything that was a tradition or anything like that. So, um, but the holidays mainly have been just Michelle and I uh, for the last uh, 10 years where it's just the two of us. And so, you know, I think we tried early on to go out and make uh, tons of the food, but it was it was a lot of work for, you know, just two people and everything like that. So um, it wasn't until, I don't know, I don't know how long ago this was, seven, eight years ago, that I came across a recipe, um, and uh, I've sort of uh, taken to this now that I make this every Christmas, and it's, uh, it's what I call my, because uh, one of our big favorite movies that we watch every year is White Christmas, so uh, I yes. named this uh, my white Christmas chicken chili. And Ooh. so it takes all day. Uh, I put it in a crock pot and, and it, throughout the Christmas day, it uh, kind of marinates and all that. Um, but it is, a, it is a white-based chili. So it is uh, full of um, uh, you know, northern beans or navy beans, if you will, um, chicken broth, uh, some chopped chicken breast in there as well. Um, to give it some heat and, you know, since it's white based, uh, to give it sort of a Christmas feel and a little bit of heat, I put some chili peppers in there, uh, some red peppers, some green peppers. So it looks like, uh, you know, red and green on white. Uh, so it looks very nice. Uh it's got a little bit of olive oil in there. Um and then uh some uh cumin and flour and and all that sort of stuff. Stuff that like you would find in some other chilies as well. I even put like a dash of cinnamon in there. Um and uh top it off all with cheese and some sour cream as well as um it has to be accompanied with some cornbread and which is not really difficult to find here in the south. So um <laughs> and and so that's put uh, you know we have a few bowls of that and then um and we are pretty content and if we're very fortunate we'll have some left over for the next few days afterwards so so that's uh that is something that we've done for the last few years and um it's become a Christmas tradition at least as far as this house goes so so it's very simple to make um you know we can put I put in all the ingredients in a crock pot and we can just do the Christmas thing all day Sit around and then at night we watch we you cue, we queue up white Christmas and and have some hot chili and and enjoy the the evening so uh very nice uh, that is uh, so that's our main course. anything else you guys for main course meals that or items uh, in the main course that uh, we've left out or other things you want to mention?
4: Actually, my family used to do chili for Christmas Eve, mm. so after going to the Christmas Eve service, we'd come home and have chili. And then one of the family members isn't a really big fan of chili, so we thought we'd be nice and like switch things up, so that way they could have something that they liked also. But um, yeah, that actually used to be one of our things, and we watch White Christmas literally nonstop from Thanksgiving on.
1: Ah, such a good movie. That's pretty such awesome. That's a good movie.
7: Yeah.
1: Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it's fairly fun. We never, you know, we never get tired of it. That and and Rudolph and uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Those are the three things we watch. Uh, I think we watched the first two on Christmas Eve, and then you know sometimes it varies depending on what we're doing. But
4: I'm pretty sure I could quote the entire movie of White Christmas.
2: <laughs> Come on, people! We want to get our food on. We don't want to talk about White Christmas. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I can I
4: mean, only
1: if I can only dance I'm usually
4: like eating okay. when I watch it.
2: Okay, that's that's fair. <laughs>
4: That's if totally
1: I could only fair. do like uh, the 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 Danny k type uh, dances, then I could sort of uh, you know burn some of the calories off. But uh, so that is the main course, and uh, we're all full up. So we're going to take another break. Then we're going to come back, and it's time for dessert. Woohoo! Woohoo!
5: Woohoo! It's Christmas time. There's no need to be afraid. Christmas time we let it lie and we vanish it and in our world of plenty we can spread a smile slight job for
0: your arms around the world. Hey everybody, Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment and of course it was a very sad week in music last week. Mike Nesmith, singer, songwriter video music visionary, record producer, music business executive, and guitarist and singer for The Monkees, passed away age 78 from heart failure. And this just came less than a month, about three weeks, after wrapping up a very successful final uh, Mike and Mickey show tour uh, at the Greek Theater in L.A. And a lot has been written and, and said about how being a monkey was ultimately a bit of a burden for all four members, but particularly for Mike Nesmith, and how he railed against the control and restrictions that the network suits put on them as, as performers, and how it frustrated him in his true vocation and calling, which was as a country rock performer and songwriter. And for many years, he disassociated himself from the monkeys, didn't really want to talk about it, did not want to perform with the guys, but gradually, over time, he came around. And in the wake of his passing, uh, his the monkeys manager, Andrew Sandoval, gave a very long and very nice interview to Variety. And if you're a fan and you haven't seen it, I encourage you to read it. Uh, we will put it in the show notes for this podcast episode. He talks about how... Um, Mike came around. He said he died knowing they were beloved, and he finally embraced what they meant to so many other people. I think he finally got it. And he talks about showing Mike um, a new uh, vinyl LP version of the Monkees' first album, and Mike got all excited. He said, you know, I finally really have come to accept the Monkees' music. I really like it now. And he was very determined to do that final tour. It was something he very much wanted to do. And he got to connect with a lot of fans. He got to connect with family. And he really went out on a high note. And um, although it's sad that he's gone, um, it's very nice that he had this, uh, this final experience and that the fans got to. So... I encourage you to read that Variety interview and uh, enjoy the monkey's music because we will have it forever. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. The blog is iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com. I will catch you next time.
1: And welcome to Cigar Nerd Summer. It's hot outside. Time to fire up the grill and, of course, fire up some stogies. You know, the beaches are open and movies are back. So now we're going to be coming at you with brand new movies and also brand new cigars
2: so break out your tank tops fire up the grill lay out your beach blanket
1: and make us your summer destination cigar nerd also on the ESO network at ESO network so
5: this is Christmas and what have you
1: And we're back. And now it's time for our sweet treats of the holidays. Uh, man, this is... This you have us. We're
2: now. the sweet treats, you
1: know? <laughs> we are. Uh, this could go all over the place because there's so many options here. Um, Mike, we're going to start with you. What is some of your favorite, uh, you know, uh, desserts? Oh, my uh, God.
2: Where do you start? You know, Um for me, you know, holiday desserts is all different kinds of pies. You can you can't really go wrong without like you know an apple pie with ice cream, and you know having like fudge on it or either butter or melted butterscotch is always good. Um, my mom used to make for us, you know, for the holidays a lot of times. You know, she would make what they call butter. What was it? Butterscotch brownies, and it was brownies with butterscotch uh, wrapped through it. And it was just always great, but it also had the butterscotch chips melted in, also, oh. which is really, really good. And, you know, then, you know, there's always, you know, some after, you know, after dinner dessert drinks that we could also have something like a Bailey's or. You know, something, you know, like a hot toddy or something also is always great, you know, just to wash everything down with. And, you know, it's just nice to, you know, sit by a fire and just relax and, you know, wish everyone a very Merry Christmas.
1: Which you do? I do awesome
2: <laughs> I, I do have goyim friends it's okay that's, so you, true. You, that's
3: true you don't have to celebrate Christmas to wish people a happy Christmas yeah gee that's Mike
1: you know true. hey some people will do and some people don't yeah. you know? uh,
3: well you know you don't ever see a war
2: on Hanukkah because we actually had one but you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So uh Shannon, what about you? What uh is some desserts that uh that are on your table this year?
4: Um two desserts that my grandmother actually taught me how to bake from like a young age. Um one was rum cake.
2: Oh yeah. Um
4: yum, which yum, yum. Every year I get about like 20 requests for it um i think actually this year so far i have 15 but i think there's a few people who are running a little late with their 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 requests for it um so i make that from scratch and let's just say you have to be 21 and up in order to consume it um and then the other thing my grandmother and i used to make these cute little like mini cheesecakes and we'd leave them in the freezer And they were just, like, some of the most delicious little cheesecakes in the world. You just sit there, and it's, like, one pop, one bite kind of deal. And they were just – that was a Christmas treat. Every year you'd have those.
3: Mm, Very nice. Very nice. Mm. Anthony? So I'm going to go super British on this because, duh. Um, (laughs) That's why you're here. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> so the, the the two staples of british Christmas, whether it 's for desserts or you know because it 's four p m in the afternoon and you kind of want a sweet treat um the the big thing for that would be mince pies and they can be made with puff pastry or short crust pastry, and the so called mince meat has no actual meat in it in modern day it 's basically a a bunch of caramelized um, fruits basically. Ber- Yes, Shannon's holding a jar up for anyone uh, <laughs> listening. But basically berries and um, and citrus peels and it's all kind of combined and cooked together and f- forms this absolutely delicious kind of sticky, gorgeous substance that you put inside puff pastry or short crust. You can put a fancy design on top if you're so inclined. And dust the whole thing with icing sugar and mwah, serve that with something like a, a, a brandy butter. And it's just divine. And then the other thing, a little less uh, useful as a snack, would be uh, Christmas pudding or figgy pudding, as it's often known, which is very much a a true dessert after your big Christmas uh, dinner. And it's what in England we would call a a pudding in the traditional sense, i.e. it's traditionally made with suet. It's very stodgy. It's normally steamed. or at least traditionally would be steamed. Um, and again, it's, uh, it's got figs in it. It's basically a kind of cakey substance, but it's steamed rather than baked. It will often have other fruits in it. Uh, normally there's some form of liquor in there, um, normally brandy. Um, traditionally, you would flambe it in more brandy. Can you guess what we like on Christmas Day? I can't <laughs> believe I forgot to mention brandy when we were talking about alcohol earlier. Consider that an addition. Um, and then if you're feeling decadent, you could serve it with uh, whipped cream or with ice cream or some kind of liquor infused cream. Because, well, uh, Shannon said that her family starts eating when they get up on Christmas Day. My family starts drinking and we just keep going. So <laughs> we find ways to do it when adding it to the dessert is another one of those ways.
4: My dad's daughter well, meant me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. um, You know, a couple of things struck me as you were, as you were talking, uh, obviously, you know, talking about Christmas Carol from Dickens, um, not only the goose, but the figgy pudding, I think was also on the menu there too. Uh, Mrs. Cratchit made, uh, I guess, a hell of a uh, pudding. Um, And that uh, I think it's in one of the songs as well, or Tiny Tim sings about it or something. Um, But anyway, um, whereas, uh, the mincemeat makes me think more of another British story that I like but it's not so nice and that's the sweet Todd one where it's like <laughs> Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Lovett's uh, meat pies and I'm like mm, I'll pass on those. That's very different. <laughs> that's very different. Completely different kind of meat pie.
3: Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. You, you, and, to, and to get that particular variety you have to go know to go to the exact place and ask for some of the special <laughs> stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Whoa, wow. the, the, the barber's special uh, yeah <laughs> wow uh yeah so but still nice uh literary references in your food pics i i appreciate that very awesome um uh for me um you know i man i think of so much like you know there's so many cakes pies etc cetera, etc cetera, puddings uh but when i think of the holiday's like I said, we didn't really do a lot of like traditional cooking when I was younger, but one thing that we did do all the time as a family that I can remember is we made, uh, Christmas cookies. Uh, so, and, you know, simple sugar cookies, but made with a, you know, cut shapes. So we had like a, a tree, a a reindeer, um, a star, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, put sprinkles on it, um, put frosting on them, whatever, And, uh, so there's nothing that takes me back to my childhood as far as, um, holiday food, like those kind of simple, uh, Christmas cookies. Uh, sometimes, sometimes they were a little too burnt, (laughs) but, uh, they came out a little bit too burnt, but they, that made them like a little crunchy. And I I kind of, uh, appreciate those, uh, just as much as if they were done perfectly because, uh, they just, uh, remind me of, um, remind me of my family. So growing up and and, uh, you know, that's sort of what the holidays are about. And that's what's uh, like a lot of these uh, specials that we do are all about, too, is that as we've talked about before, food isn't just food. Right. I mean, it's good tasting. But when it's got that, you know, stuff that kind of kicks in with the nostalgia or comfort food or the memories from growing up or when you were young or whatever, that's when it's really special, I think. Um, any other desserts that we haven't mentioned, uh, Mike has got any sort of, uh, honorable mentions there or, well, yeah,
2: what we used to do with William when he was a little kid, we used to make gingerbread men.
1: Hmm. Yeah. That goes along with the sugar cookies a little bit, but I, I've, I, yeah, I, sugar. Yeah. But gingerbread is okay.
2: Yep. Yeah, Cause we used to even try to build a gingerbread Tardis. It was pretty fun. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: gingerbread t- <laughs>
2: Totally
4: doing that with my niece next week. Yes. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thanks you're right. a lot. <laughs> hey, you
2: can't never go wrong with that. And it's it's a box. It's really easy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Now when we did the gingerbread Daleks, that was a little harder. But you know.
1: Ooh. Yeah. It's a lot of work for something that you're gonna just eat. Mm-hmm. But, well, um,
2: we don't discriminate here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Take a photo and then uh, and then move on to eating. Right? Exactly. Uh, anybody else? Anthony, Shannon. Anything else for for sweet treats?
3: Nope.
1: So uh,
2: peppermint bark is also good.
1: What's that? Peppermint yes. bark. Ah uh, yes. Yes. No. Uh, no ribbon candy. No. Yeah. <laughs> no fruit cake. Fruit no, cake.
3: Uh, <laughs> I use fruit cake usually as a doorstop. You know. My uh, my. Grandmother used to make a fruitcake when I was a kid and she would encase the whole thing into marzipan. And I think that more or less ensconced my hatred of of marzipan from a young age.
1: I do remember, um, you know, in my short time when I was in... England uh and uh working to my do my internship at the British Film Institute and I was there for the Christmas season I do remember uh going to Harrods and getting a a uh sort of fruitcake but it was a very rich very wonderful experience that was not like the kind of fruitcakes that you know caramelize and uh are are sort of like you know encased in whatever it is that they're made of for for decades. Something
4: that could last a nuclear explosion?
3: Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you can't, I don't think, I don't think it's legal to dispose those. <laughs> I mean, you have to <laughs> kind of, I don't know if they burn, but that's the only way I know to get rid of them.
3: <laughs> See, I think you're meant to call in the EPA for that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: No, I mean, fruitcake, when it's done well, can be really, really good and enjoyable. They're just very, very seldom done well.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's kind of like those um uh those New Orleans cakes, you know that find the find the baby Oh, in the, King's in. Cake? the like, king cakes. king cakes. Yeah. Yeah, some of those when those are done like homemade, they're really hot, they can, and hot and fresh they're really good, but then you get like kind of the store ones that are just sitting there for a while and ugh, not very good. They're just really dry.
2: I know a friend mm-hmm. broke a tooth on one of those damn
1: babies. <laughs> and uh, and that's uh, good. Thankfully luck. I've and only they, had fresh ones. Yeah, yeah. The baby's just screaming to get out of there. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Um, all right. So any other thoughts about, you know, holiday food in general? Uh, is It's a good time for eating though, right?
2: Oh, God. It's
4: a great time for eating and just being with people you love.
2: It's about yeah. being cool together. That? It's about being together.
4: Mm-hmm. And, you know,
2: and one of the things I love about the holidays in all truth is that, the, the, that people are almost actually nice to each other. You know, almost. <laughs> almost. almost. <laughs> Don't want to go that far, but, you know, but yeah, yeah, but, and that's the cool thing. And I love, I love seeing the Christmas lights. The Christmas lights are amazing. And, you know, when I was a kid, we used to go driving just to go look at the Christmas lights around in the neighborhoods and, you know, or as my parents said, let's go look at, see how the rich people live, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, there are, yes. And my, uh, brother-in-law does, uh, man, He's got a light show on his house that I can almost see from here. Um and uh and he lives in Massachusetts and I live in Georgia. So that's uh to give you an idea on how bright that is. I didn't know your um, last
2: name was Griswold. Wow. <laughs>
1: exactly. <It's, laughs> I, he 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 I think that's who he took the his uh notes from uh, as far as uh how to decorate the house, at uh, the outside in any way. So um but yeah, we don't obviously christmas decor here when you've got as many cats as we do is just non-existence uh we uh we put a couple stockings up and that's about it so everything else is is uh it just a cat, a cat toy uh so um But it's been great hanging out with you guys, uh, talking about uh, all this food, and I'm very hungry, and I know you probably are too, and our listeners are probably very hungry too. But if there is something that we have forgotten, that is something that uh, you guys have near and dear to your uh, Christmas stomachs, uh, feel free to reach reach out to us and tell us all about it because we like hearing about good food. And if you need any sort of links or recipes to any of the things that we've mentioned, please reach out to us because we like sharing. That's what this season is all about. So um, we will be right back uh, as we digest slowly and uh, we're gonna close out the sure. show.
7: Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela. And this week, this geek girl is talking about the new Fantastic Beasts 3 Secrets of Dumbledore trailer. So there's been a lot of controversy around the third Fantastic Beasts movie, other than just the creator being very controversial. The replacing of Johnny Depp in the film, the movies really not fitting their titles of being about Fantastic Beasts, and really just turning into a Dumbledore film series, which saddens me since I really wanted to see Newt's Adventures with Magical Beasts. And the horrible hairstyles they keep giving to the character Credence or Aurelius Dumbledore. I guess we'll figure out who he is in this film. But we did get a really amazing looking trailer. That leaves me really wondering what is going to happen in this film. My hat is off to the special effects department on this too because all the magical effects and special effects look flippin' amazing in this trailer. Like, they look so good. We did not see Tina at all, so I'm wondering if she will play any part in this film, but we did get a lot of new characters, and Jacob gets a wand, which will be interesting to see how they explain that and how they show him using it. His interactions with the students in the Great Hall was also the most wholesome part of the entire trailer, since Jacob has been one of the best characters in the Fantastic Beast franchise. I also really love how we got to see Newt and his brother interacting and being better to each other since they've had a rough, rocky road in the last two films. I am interested to see what Mads Mikkelsen brings to the role of Grindelwald and how he will play the villain. I am sad we don't get Johnny Depp playing the character anymore though since I was really interested to see the interactions of a Depp Grindelwald with Dumbledore, but... I am excited to see how Mads will play it out as well. Thanks for listening to a Geek Girls Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out.
3: So
2: before we get out of here tonight, let's, of course, say hey to our friends over at Inked Marketing. Ink Marketing, of course, is sponsoring Pistol Fist. Freedom Fighters, come see the, all in the new covers, stretch gold, swag, and 100% more. 100% complete, 96-page epic played out to the historical backdrop, like the Boston Massacre, the Battle of Lexington and Concord. And Fort Ticonderoga, featuring historical characters like the heroic runaway slave Crispus Attacks and brilliant Benjamin Franklin. That is Pistol Fist from J.S. Earls, only available through Inked Marketing. So you can find them at inkedpub Pistol Fist. And definitely check it out because their Kickstarter ends on the 19th, folks, so it's not that far away. So definitely check them out. And of course, Let's check out of the show we, I am so full from just hearing you, what you guys talked about food wise And now I was of course You know Buzzed from the alcohol Filled with the drinks And you know And the food was just amazing tonight And we had a great bunch of folks to talk with About it tonight Shannon thank you so much for joining us tonight
4: You are more than welcome Thanks anything, for having me
2: Anything you want to shout out about
4: Um, You can follow me at Shannon Clute is on all the things. Um, I've recently become a universal pass holder. So I'm there all the time. If you want any fun stuff to to do about there, hit me up.
2: That is awesome. That Mm -hmm. is awesome. It's she, she puts out some great stuff, folks. It's always fun to see what she has. And of
3: course, Mr. Anthony Williams. Mike, it's been a pleasure to be here again. Thank you for having me. And anything you want to shout out about? As always, uh, you can find me on the Watchers in the Fourth Dimension podcast. We are watching our way through all of Doctor Who from 1963 until now. Uh, We are currently deep into the John Pertwee era. Uh, We're about to put out our first episode of Season Uh, 9. And you can find us at watches4d.podbean.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, etc., etc. Wherever you like to get your podcasts, really. Um, And you can also follow us on social media where we are at at Watchers 4D. Excellent. That's where you can find me.
2: Most excellent, sir. And it's always been great to talk to you, as always, my friend. Likewise. And, of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. We've made it through another one, my friend.
1: We did. And, as always, it's my pleasure. Although I'm very, very full and very, very buzzed after this. uh, Once again, after we've eaten all this holiday shit.
2: Anything you want to shout out about?
1: Uh, Yeah. Um, Look, it was kind of tough this week. I mean, we lost quite a number of talented folks. But um, I wanted to give a shout out to um, a person who is actually still among us, but we got some terrible news regarding the illustrious George Perez. Now, um, for those people who don't know who George Perez is, uh, we did an episode on him a while back, episode 322. I strongly suggest you check that out or just Google him. The man um, really is, uh, I don't think I can say in this short amount of time, everything that he's meant to me personally, as well as as comics in general. But um He has unfortunately received his diagnosis and prognosis uh, that he is is suffering from pancreatic cancer. Uh, He's got a life expectancy of, you know, God knows how long. Um, So uh, all we can do is just wish his his last time with us, uh, very um, uh, healthy as possible, as well as um, a lot of love. And to that end, Uh, For anybody who wants to reach out to George, um, you know, it's not too late. So, uh, you know, even though he's not doing conventions or anything like that now, um, maybe you won't get that autograph thing. But, you know, you can always buy that. But um, I suggest, you know, it's not too late. It's never too late to send out, um, you know, a message. Of, of love and support and uh if, you know for the, all of that he's done uh for the industry as well as done he's done for a lot of people personally um he is going to be returning to social media and starting a new facebook account where he can where fans and friends can communicate with him directly for um you know just to let him know how much he's appreciated and how much he's loved so uh, we will, as soon as we have that information, we'll definitely post it on our, on our social media as well. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not too late to, like I said, to reach out to this man and let him know how much you care. Um, because unfortunately his days are numbered and, uh, and it's just kind of sad. But I'm, you know, with everything else that's happened this week, uh, with so, with losing so many other talented folks, I, I'm sort of glad he's not among us yet, among them yet.
2: No, exactly, because George, George is your best friend you never met before, and as soon as you meet him, it's like you've known him your whole life, and George has always been very welcoming, very comforting to anyone who he has ever met at a con or you've seen him speak or just meet on the street. He has always been just a nice guy the first time i met george i was like 13 years old and he was at a creation con with marv wolfman and he was just like you know i showed him some of my artwork he was like hey great job keep up the work you're going to be awesome you know and he was just encouraging and everything i think you know and that's just one of the greatest things I've always wanted to do ever since meeting him has always been encouraging people to do what they want to do and to get into what it is. Cause this is what he did does and he pays it forward and it shows. And that's one of the great things with George and, you know, it's just awesome. And, you know, he's taking it the way he wants to, he doesn't want to go through anything prolonged and it's sad, but, it's also, you know, the way he wants to go and we have to respect that. And so, yeah. so
4: I met him at a Megacon and he was absolutely a pure delight. You could mm-hmm. tell that he truly loved the fans. Mm
2: mm-hmm. Exactly, because he he used to say he'd be drawing anyway if fans weren't there or whatever, if he was still in his bedroom just drawing pictures and stuff. And he says it's icing on the cake knowing that people are out there loving what he's doing and everything. And it showed. And that's one of the great things. Um, Real quick, also wanted, of course, to bring up and talk about the passing of Mike Nesmith of the Monkees. And, you know, in honor tonight, I'm wearing my Monkey Man shirt. And it is awesome that we got to see him just less than two months ago. And it is, you know, we got to see him here in Atlanta. And you could tell he was not well and there was just some very obvious things and we've talked about it on the show in the past so I'm not going to go into that again uh, Mike was always one of my favorite monkeys just because he always seemed like he was the leader of the band even though he was the quiet one he let Mickey do all the talking for him and he let Davy be the cute one that all the girls flock to and Peter was the goofy one but you could always tell that Mike, it was Mike's band, and he was the the songwriter. He was the one, come, you know, coming up with the brains behind everything that was going for. Especially when they broke off from like Don Kirshner and away from that era of stuff. And you know, if you ever watch MTV thank Mike Nesmith for it. If you ever, you know, he was a pioneer in music video. He was, you know, a songwriter, you know, for songs that he wrote even all the way back to the mid sixties that, you know, you probably have heard a zillion times, but didn't know he even wrote them. So it's just, it's just amazing. And, you know, Every time you ever used a typewriter when you were younger and had to use Whiteout, thank Mike Nesmith's mom for that. So <laughs> she's the one who invented it. So it's pretty awesome. So, yeah, Mike Nesmith will be missed. He passed away at 78 years old and, you know, natural causes. But he is going to be remembered for quite a long time. And it's crazy to think that Mickey Dolans is left out of the monkeys. So, Crazy, crazy, crazy. With that being said, thank you guys for listening to us talk about food. It was a lot of fun tonight. And, you know, it's always good to have a good meal before a holiday. And we hope you guys have a fantastic holiday and everything. But before the holidays here, we got a movie to talk about next week, folks. Actually, the next two episodes, we're talking about movies. This next one, we got Swinging Into Town. Spider-Man, No Way Home. Should be a lot of fun to talk all about it. Um, Find out, you know, are there going to be three Spider-Mans in this one? Or maybe more. I've heard rumors, but we're not going to get into that right now. It should be tons of fun to see, tons of fun to watch. And you know what? We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Please write us feedback at ourstation1.com. As always, thanks for listening to the Earth Station One podcast. We're powered by NSC. You can find them at com. Remember, you can also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including now, Audible, and Amazon Music. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, Anthony Williams, and Miss Shannon Clute, Thank you again for listening. We will see you here next time on the Earth Station One podcast. Stay safe. Hug your loved ones. Have a great holiday, no matter what holiday you celebrate, folks. Peace, and we are done. And also, please get vaccinated if you haven't. Ciao. We want to see you here next year. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Hey,
5: hey, mercy woman plays a song in Tell them they can live without her If they only listen to the band Listen to the band Now weren't they good? They made me happy I think I can make it alone Oh, woman plays a song And no one listens I need help Tell us we can live without her Now that we have listened to the band
0: This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the T Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com.